0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime.
1: Can you regret that decision? No, absolutely not. I think what we see is a very clear contrast between all the different parties on how we need to move forward as a country. And this is a time when Canadians should get to be very clear about how they want to end this
0: pandemic we're joined by the leader of the new democratic party of canada jagmeet singh mr singh good to have you back on the program how are you
1: hey doing well great to be back
0: so when you hear mr trudeau say this that it's a need for canadians to he wants to provide canadians with the opportunity to determine how the pandemic ends that's why we're having the election what do you say
1: i don't think that's a good explanation we elected, or Canadians elected us for a four-year mandate. We were able to deliver the help that people needed. Uh, New Democrats were there to fight to get more of that help to to more people. And then we should be focused on actually fighting the pandemic and getting in place the necessary steps to finish the, the tailwind of it. Or the end of it. And that's what we should be focused on. We shouldn't be in the midst of an election. It, it seems to be struggling to come up with a reason for this election. Right? Yeah. Clearly there isn't one.
0: So you costed uh, the election platform yesterday. It's expensive, but you say much or most, perhaps all of it, can be paid through fair taxes being po- imposed on the ultra-rich. So I read definitions and explanations for this approach in various websites and by social and political commentators, and I've done this for some time, such as the Canadian Center for Policy Alternatives and Alex Hemingway, who's a very bright guy. Uh, But I also have to ask you, I've read Senator Bernie Sanders' approach and the Green New Deal proposed by some Democrats in the United States. Is this what your party is proposing? Because some of these models include the 1% tax on the ultra-rich, and then they go beyond that. Are you are you emulating Bernie Sanders and the Green New Deal?
1: Well, I mean, there's some similarities for sure. But we're laying out really what we've said all along. We believe in this pandemic and coming out of it into the recovery. There's a question on people's minds. Who's going to pay for it? It's a legitimate, very fair question. We are the only party saying it's not going to be you or your family. If you've got a, a, got a good job and you've got a, a home, it's not going to be you. Don't worry. We are being very clear. We're looking at the ultra-wealthy, wealthy corporations that make money in Canada, that don't pay their taxes here. Web giants like Amazon that make record profits in a pandemic but don't pay taxes here. We're going to start making them pay their fair share. And it's something that is not not too long ago used to happen. So the wealthiest corporations used to pay a fairer share, and they haven't for a long time, and we want to restore that fairness.
0: So you're going after the corporations. What about individuals? And I'm asking this because... There are successful people who do very well in life, and, uh, and they, they employ, and they support charities, and they support communities. That's one part of it. Then the other part of it is, and, and you've talked about wanting to attract talented and skilled people to this country, how are you going to attract international talent, much needed in Canada, to drive our economy forward if you're going to tax successful people more than other countries wooing them will tax them? I mean, how, how do you manage that? Or am I misunderstanding your plan? Well, yeah, there's a misunderstanding,
1: mind misunderstanding. I can clear it up, though. Not a big deal. Yeah, please. Really, there are are loopholes that exist that that don't sit well with people. If, If a regular everyday worker goes into work, comes home and gets a salary for their work, they pay their fair share. But just because someone is really rich, a billionaire, they can hide their revenue in an offshore tax haven Purposely to avoid paying taxes, and that's completely completely legal right now. We want to stop that. We want to end that from happening. We want to make sure that if you earn income in Canada, you pay taxes here. And right now, there's a lot of loopholes that don't allow these companies, or that allow these companies to not pay their fair share. There are people that have uh, massive wealth. We're asking them to just contribute a little bit more, uh, a little bit more fairly, and in doing that. It's going to allow us to be able to pay for the things that we need, so we can get out of this recovery. It's going to put it's going to put us in a better position to recover, and it's not going to put any burden on those that should not be targeted: the working class, middle class, people that are that are doing well, the young professionals, uh, people that are very successful. We're talking about the extremely wealthy. We're so you would,
0: only, you would only you would only increase yeah. the tax. You would only put a, uh, can we call it a wealth tax? What what do we call it?
1: Yeah, yeah. So the wealth tax is so you would only you portion, would only
0: you would only impose a wealth tax on the billionaires. Yes,
1: it's it's on the super wealthy. So if someone has more than ten million dollars in fortune, uh, it's going to be on any amount over the ten million and a one percent on that. So if someone has, uh, let's say fifty million dollars in fortune, then uh, on the portion over ten million, so the forty million, a one percent on that. Uh, that's what we're looking to do. So it's it's really a significant way to increase revenue but it's only on a very, very small percentage of okay. 37 would, million Canadians. We're only talking about less than 1% of Canadians.
0: Would you, I don't want to get mired on this here because we only have a few minutes with you, but the monetary side of things is very important. Would your plan also include additional taxation, like charging a tax on estates valued more than $5 million? And And would you also support workers assuming at least some level of ownership of the companies they work for?
1: No, not at all. And, and it's a really important question I appreciate uh, a chance to clarify. It's not going to be on someone who's got a, a home that seems to have increased in value. It's not going to be on people who've got less than uh, 10 million dollars in fortune. This is people who've got 10 million or more in fortune and only on the percent, only one percent on any amount over 10 million dollars in fortune. Uh, in addition to closing loopholes, in addition to uh, ending the offshore tax havens, so if someone is using an offshore tax haven, to hide their money in the Caribbean, yeah,
0: they're going to have to pay their fair share.
1: But for uh, someone with uh, a two-car garage home and has a great job, no, it's not going to affect you at all.
0: So $10 million is the uh, the cutoff point. That's right. Okay. Indigenous peoples, Mr. Singh. Mr. Trudeau mentioned uh, Chief Cadmus DeLorme of the Cowessess First Nation in Saskatchewan, and he took credit for he and the chief having come to an agreement concerning child care and First Nation children at Cowess's. Chief DeLorme going to be my guest at the top of the next hour. I know you know him. He likes you. He's told me that. Can you share with us the key issues that you will commit to to Indigenous communities in this country? Whatever number of seats the NDP holds in just over a week's time.
1: The number one thing is, is uh, clean drinking water. There is no excuse in a country as rich as ours in the 21st century that every community doesn't have clean drinking water. I don't believe that it's a lack of will or a lack of capacity or t- technology or know-how. I, I, I believe it's been a lack of political will. And, and the reason why I say that is in the beginning two weeks of this pandemic, the banks wanted some backstop. And Mr. Trudeau was very quickly able to release uh, two hundred uh, sorry $750 billion in financial backstops to support the banks if ever need be. That was a priority, and he jumped to make that happen. I believe that there hasn't been the same commitment to make sure Indigenous communities get clean drinking water. That's one. I wouldn't fight Indigenous kids in court. Right now, Mr. Trudeau is fighting these kids who were found to have been discriminated by the Canadian Human Rights Tribunal. The decision that the tribunal made was that they were willfully and recklessly discriminated and Mr. Trudeau was appealing that decision. I would drop the court cases against the kids. I would make sure we fulfill our commitments, follow the orders of the Canadian Human Rights Tribunal and, and really start
0: concrete action towards justice for the first people. I I have to ask you this about uh, climate and about energy. Now, the world is not going to shut off huge oil use for decades at the earliest. And even then, it's probably doubtful. Are you in favor of continuing to import over 700,000 barrels of foreign oil every day into this country? While the construction of pipelines, which would move internationally sought Canadian energy to Tidewater and to eager markets overseas, thereby earning hundreds of billions of dollars to sustain Canada's social programs, our health care, and help fund the programs you're in favor of, the programs you like, are you in favor of continuing to bring in 700,000 barrels of foreign oil uh, every day rather than export our oil? Mr. Singh, it's coming in and it's going out either way.
1: Well, what I look at is I think about what a government's responsibility is. And, and I think it's prudent and responsible for governments to look at what's happening in the global market. Where is the world headed? And for us to remain leaders, we need to make investments that will get us ahead of the curve. And also to do our part, our part to fight the climate crisis. What's really clear is every major car manufacturer in the world has announced that they're going to end the sale of fossil fuel combustion vehicles. We know that the countries that have the most renewable energy will be the most successful. We also know that our economy, for it to be strong, needs to be diversified. So I believe the prudent and responsible thing to do is to make sure we make investments now that will have us but, ahead of the curve but, when it comes to renewable But Mr. Energy. Singh, we're importing 700,000-plus we barrels
0: of oil each and every day. The TD Bank, in now I'm going back a few years, in a 2012 report, uh, wrote the Canadian Energy Research Institute estimated that if the current major pipeline expansion projects, this is 2012, which are in uh, the works, do not get built, thereby constraining future oil production in Western Canada, Canada would forego as much as $1.3 tr- uh, trillion dollars of GDP and $276 billion in taxes from 2011 to 2035. What people are asking is, why are we importing oil? Why are we buying 700,000 barrels of foreign oil every day instead of selling our oil to, to markets that want it?
1: Well, in terms of like what we do with our raw resources, I think there's a really genuine question around why we aren't refining and adding value to raw, raw goods in Canada. It's yeah. something that a lot of folks have brought up to me. They've said, you know, why is it that we're not actually adding value to the things that we, we, um, we're producing here in Canada? We're not actually adding value to it. A lot of folks have raised that when it comes to the, to the lumber industry, that we're, we're, you know, we're ripping and shipping. We're not actually adding value. And that's a legitimate concern, that we should be adding value, creating those ad- value-added jobs in Canada. And that's something I absolutely believe we need to focus on. How do we build an economy that's actually built on adding value, that's going to take a natural resource and then uh, improve it so that it can be sold? That, that's, a, that's a good idea generally, but it doesn't take away from the fact that we need to be investing in the economy of the future.
0: I wish I had more than 10 minutes with you. I have a lot of questions. Um, I've, I've we'll enjoyed have more time,
1: I'm sure, soon.
0: Yeah, it does. I enjoy speaking with you. I enjoyed the first conversation we had. And uh, I like the fact that you don't get your back up if somebody asks you a question. Too too many times politicians get thin skin and their voices rise. Uh, you don't do that.
1: Oh, uh, no, I appreciate the question. I feel it gives me a chance to explain my position, and, yeah. and it's also good to be challenged. I feel like that's an important thing.
0: If you want to hear more...